0: Welcome to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast with me, Apostle Jennifer Abigail Lawson-Wallace. I'm the co-founder of Cedars House Christian International, a ministry dedicated to raising believers in Christ. I'm also the founder and international president of Women in Tune, a global army of women faithfully worshipping and serving Jesus Christ. My passion is to teach, train, and disciple men women, their youth, and leaders to get more intimate with the Lord and serve Him. The aim of this podcast is to bring the truth of God's Word to the body of Christ. Therefore, you can expect in-depth teachings for those who are young in their faith, as well as those who are serious with their Christian walk and want to grow. Be ready to be strengthened, equipped, and empowered in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast. We're continuing with our series, uh, Walk About Zion, which talks about the Church of Jesus Christ. Our aim really is to rediscover the Church, to rediscover her identity and purpose and her mandate and mission on the earth. And uh, I thank God so far for uh, the topics we've discussed. And today we're going to continue with the mission of the church. But first let's uh, go back to our uh, scripture, our key scripture, which is Psalm 48. I'll read from verses 12 to 14. It says, walk about Zion and go all around her, count her towers, mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that you may tell it to the generation following for this is God our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. Amen. We've looked at the church as instructed by this scripture to go about Zion, to count the glorious things that God has adorned the church with. We are a glorious church, the church of Jesus Christ. Actually, Psalm 87 says glorious things, are spoken of the Zion, the city of our God. And we've looked at who the church is as the ecclesia, Oh, the church is the, the body of Christ, the church as the army of God. We've looked at her purpose on the earth, a threefold purpose. You can go back to those episodes and have a look at them. We also looked at the mandate of the church, which was encapsulated in the Great Commission by Jesus for us. And now we are looking at her mission. In this episode, we are continuing with the mission of the church. And we're focusing on the church's mission to disciple and build the church, disciple and build the body of Christ. We've established that the church is not a building, a physical building, but it's people, an assembly of people. So her mission on the earth is to Disciple every believer and build the, the church, build the body of Christ up. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ gave us a leadership team, which we call the Fivefold ministry to lead the church. and we've looked at that already. So we're now looking at the mission of building the church led by the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, teachers. Pastors and evangelists, hallelujah. The church has a task to disciple every believer and to build them up into Christ's likeness and to equip them to serve the Lord. So, the task of doing that, like I said earlier, is spearheaded by the fivefold ministry. If we turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12, we'll understand it better. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So, from this scripture, we discover that the leadership of the church have three main responsibilities regarding this aspect of church mission. To disciple the believer. Secondly, to equip the saints for ministry. Thirdly, to edify and build the body of Christ. So let's look at the three individually. First of all, to disciple the believer. And in discipling the believer, we are dealing with building character in the believer. Through discipleships, Every believer must be equipped to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to grow in stature. What do I mean by know the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course, we believe in him, we, we confess and we get saved. But beyond that, there is a continuous lifestyle that we need to build up to transform us into his image and his character. We are to disciple the believer in several ways. First of all, we are to disciple the believer to know Jesus. I've said that. To know the Son of God. This is not a casual knowledge of his name, but to encounter him, to know him by revelation. Hebrews chapter six, verse one says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature In our understanding. It means that we are to grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? What is Jesus's agenda on the earth? What is Jesus saying? Who is Jesus as the Son of God? These are things that we need to know as believers. We need to know his nature. We need to know him as a person. We need to know his will and plans and purposes. So we are to disciple believers to know Jesus Christ the Son of God. Many of us have a casual knowledge of Him and as leaders our responsibility is to build believers up to know the Lord Jesus. We are also to disciple believers to live the kingdom lifestyle. This means that believers must be taught to live by the Spirit. The instructions for kingdom lifestyle can be found in the teachings of Christ. Especially in Matthew chapters 5 to 7, and also in the epistles, Paul always, after teaching, after uh, giving us the Christian doctrines, will show us how to live it. Because the Christian life is lived, it is a reality, it is not an ideal, a, a, a standard we are seeking to attain. It is reality, a life we are living. That is the essence of Christianity. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 in the New Living Translation says, Therefore I, that's Paul speaking, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort, to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. This is how we are to live as believers. We are to be humble, patient with one another. In effect, we are to uh, show Christ-likeness, which I will come to that in a minute. But believers must be discipled to live as kingdom citizens. Hallelujah. We must be discipled to grow in Christ-likeness to grow like Jesus, to mature to a perfect man. Christ is the only perfect man. And we as saints must grow and mature in him, measuring to the full standard of Christ. It means that not only will we have the character of Christ, we will embrace the message of the kingdom. We will have the power of the kingdom. We will have love for humanity. We will be patient, we'll be gracious towards everyone. People will know that this is Christ when we display his characteristics. Hallelujah. We are to become more and more like him. To be like Jesus. I remember those days we used to sing that song, to be like Jesus. All I want is to be like Jesus. These days we wear the bracelet, what would Jesus do? But really it's not just what would he do, but who he is. That is what we should strive to be like. We have the Holy Spirit to help us, thank God. But we are to be like him and to partake of his nature, his essence, his power, his glory. After all, we are his body. We must also mature in the works of Christ. Hallelujah. The more we become like him, the more we will walk in his power. Do you remember the story of the sons of Sceva in the book of Acts? They they took a madman and they were trying to cast out the demon in him. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches, we cast you out. The demon said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? When we walk close to Jesus, even the powers of darkness know us because they see Christ in us. And this is why we need to disciple the believers to become more like Jesus. That when people see us, they will see him. Hallelujah. This means that we are to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We are to grow in the things of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us to transform us. Actually, you can learn more about this by going back to the series on the Holy Spirit. But we are to develop the fruit of the Spirit. And this is part of discipleship. I remember... In the early eighties, when we were young Christians, we were taught, actually taught to live right, to live by the word, to live in righteousness. It's different from what it is now, totally different. And we need to go back to discipling the church. I remember I had so much trouble believing that I was saved. And I remember being taught over and over again to come to the place of assurance of salvation and what that means. We were taught to live right. We were taught not to fornicate. That was a big thing that our leaders imparted to us. We were taught a whole lot of things to be kind, to be gentle. This is the essence of Christian living. And this is the responsibility of the fivefold ministry. But then the body of Christ needs to cooperate with them to be discipled. The fruit of the Spirit will reveal the visible nature of Christ in our lives. Hallelujah. We find it in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 25. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. It is essential that believers are discipled to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives and to continue the work of transformation, making us more like Jesus Christ. So the work mission of the church is to disciple the church. We Need to get our lives transformed. Hallelujah. In discipling and building the church, I said first of all, the fivefold ministry must lead the work of discipling the church. But secondly, we must equip the saints for ministry. Hallelujah. Equipping the saints to do the work of ministry is a fundamental part of Christian mission. All who come to faith in Christ must be equipped. That is taught, enabled, and released to serve the Lord. Ministry is simply serving God. Every believer must be a minister. Actually, every believer is a minister. That is one who serves the Lord. Therefore, every believer must be equipped, must be trained, must be released to serve the Lord. According to their particular callings and the grace giving to them. It means that as leaders, we must be mindful of the flock. We must observe the hand of God in their life. We must observe their callings. We must encourage them to find their place in the workforce because every believer must serve the Lord. Every believer must be equipped. You need to equip yourself and your leaders will also equip you. You equip yourself by, uh, through the word, studying to show yourself approved as a workman. That's what the scripture says. The Bible says that in a rich man's house are many vessels. As a man prepares himself, so will he be used. So you have a responsibility as well as the leadership of the church. But we are to present ourselves. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Other version says, is your reasonable service. Believers must be taught to sacrificially serve the Lord. We serve Him with our bodies, with our time, with our talents, with our possessions, and with our substance. Hallelujah. I mean, uh, in in the Western world is becoming more and more of a challenge because in the Western world, especially, it's now becoming more and more difficult for us to serve the Lord without asking for money. We believe that we must be paid for everything we do. You ask somebody to come and minister uh, uh, at a conference or something, they want money. It's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But I believe that when you see the talent that God has given you as truly a gift from God to benefit his body, you'll be very careful the monetary price you put on it. Hallelujah. But we must serve the Lord with everything that the Lord has given us. Oh, we must serve the Lord at home, at school, at work in the marketplace, in the community, we must serve the Lord. As leaders, we are to be observant and to see God's callings on uh, other believers, especially those we are mentoring or leading, and we are to encourage them and to raise them up and to release them. This is part of our mission as the church, to equip the body of Christ to serve him. The third aspect of that uh, building the church is to edify, actually edify. The word edify means to build. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2 and we'll see what I mean by that. We read from verses 41 to 47. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Hallelujah. Edifying and building up the body of Christ is also a fundamental part of church mission. Whatever size your church is, You are to continue building up the church by discipling the believers. You disciple them even to evangelize. You disciple them even to share the gospel with others. You disciple them even to demonstrate the works of Christ. If we have discipled them to be like Christ, we will find that serving God will not be a problem to them. And as they serve God, they will bring in more souls. We are to build the body of Christ up numerically. Build the body of Christ through evangelism, winning more souls, bringing in the harvest, expanding and growing the church. This is how we populate the kingdom. In Acts chapter 2, the scripture we just read, it says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The first day, 3,000 got saved. But then the Lord continued to add, and that is what we are to see in our churches, that numerically we must grow. Acts chapter 6 verse 7 says that the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So here we see again that in numbers the church grew, and this is what we are called to do. This is part of our mission as the church. We are to build the army of God. We are to enlarge. We are called out to occupy. So we need that numerical growth. The numerical growth is evidence that the church is expanding, that we are doing what Jesus asks us to do. But we are also to build the church up, edify the church spiritually. Hallelujah to maturity, Christ-likeness, kingdom-mindedness, living the kingdom lifestyle. This is what will build the church up. The church, the entire body, I'm not talking just about the individuals being discipled, but I'm talking about the church becoming mature in character. Because we are really called to influence. I'll come to that in another episode. And unless we mature, Unless we move from the elementary things and we come to understand the dynamics of the kingdom of heaven on the earth, which God is seeking to work through us, we'll realize that we are not growing spiritual. Even of Jesus, it was said, the child grew in wisdom and stature and had favor with God and with man. That should be said of us. Many of our churches or local assemblies are still immature and God is seeking to bulk us up. Jesus Christ, he is the sovereign king. He is the king of kings. He has all authority and power. We are his body. We must walk in authority. We must walk in power. We must walk in love. And this is what I mean by growing the church spiritually. So numerically, yes, spiritually, certainly. Believers must be taught and believers must learn to worship and to pray. Believers must be taught and believers must learn to read and study the word of God. Believers must be taught and believers must learn to know, live, and walk in the Holy Spirit. Believers must be taught, and believers must learn to love one another. Believers must be taught, and believers must learn to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. This is what I mean by growing the church, not just numerically, but spiritually. Believers must be taught, and believers must learn to be the salt and light wherever they are, in their workplaces, at home, in their schools, in their communities, wherever we are, we must learn to be the salt and the light. Believers must be taught and believers must learn to share the gospel. Many of us, like I said in a previous episode, don't know how to share the gospel because we don't even know what the gospel is. These are things that the the church must be focused on doing. Raising believers to the stature of Christ, to do the works of Christ, coming to a mature man, coming to a mature church. Hallelujah. Believers must be taught to disciple other young believers. Hallelujah. There are other scriptural references which you can look at on the screen. Praise God. But in Matthew chapters 5 to 7, Jesus defined the kingdom lifestyle, gave us rules, laws, etc., that must govern our behavior and conduct as citizens of the kingdom. Machio believers have cleanness of hand and heart. Of hand, that's our service. Of heart, that's our worship. It must come from clean heart. We can't live like the rest of the world. We can't live by the standards and systems of the world. It's time to grow the church and get the church to mature. Hallelujah you see how mature a church is by how we relate with one another and how we relate with the rest of the world. How leaders relate with one another will show you the level of their maturity. Hallelujah. We shall end our discussion here on the church's mission of discipling, building and edifying the body and continue in the next episode. I hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and perhaps even challenged by this message. You may also watch teachings related to this message and other topics on my Let the Truth Be Told YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. I'd love to hear from you, so please do sign up to our email list at Let the Truth Be Told at cedarshouse.org and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. To find out more about me, Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace, our ministry, and the work we do, visit our websites, womenintune.org, quiverprayermovement.org, and cedishouse.org. You may join our community on social media and engage with us there. This podcast was sponsored by Sublime Gifts, home of elegant, bespoke Christian gifts, from personalised cards and cushions to devotionals and luxury picture frames, please do remember to visit their website, sublimegiftsuk.com. Thank you for listening and don't forget to download and listen to the podcast. God bless you.